Thanks for joining us for our first inaugural episode of the Maverick Makers podcast. And today we have the vibrant, daring, bold, and courageous Erica M. Erica M is an entrepreneur, media personality, and force for positive change. Originally a much music television host, Erica has harnessed her years in the spotlight to become a powerful keynote speaker focused on leadership and innovation. Erica is also considered a pioneer in content marketing, social media, and community building. Under her leadership, over 15 years as founder of the digital agency Emmanco and the YMC.ca platform, her companies have earned over a dozen prestigious marketing and leadership awards, including a Governor General's Innovation nomination. Her remarkable ability to reinvent, influence, create, and lead with relentless positivity is what lights Erica up. We couldn't be more thrilled to have her today. So let's get started. The first word that I can think of when describing Erica is the word maverick. So Erica, tell me, <laughs> you're laughing, but tell me, um, what does that word mean to you specifically? Uh, to me, it's it's um, someone who is visionary, hardworking visionary, I guess, which is me at times <laughs> and, and, and other times it's not me. Uh, like right now, I'm in a stage in my life where I don't feel like a maverick. And I've had to really think about these waves that I have in my life, where there are times when I'm, some people call it in flow, when I find the thing that lights me up, and then I'm unstoppable. And then that thing ends for whatever reason. And then I feel this like screeching halt. And I become inert and lost. And I kind of float. I talk to lots of people. I read books. I'm super uncomfortable, uh, veering on fear. And then lightning strike. I meet somebody. I read something. Some idea comes to me in a shower and the ignition switch goes on again. Right now, I'm in that difficult time. I'm in that uncomfortable time where I don't know what my next chapter is. I know there's going to be one, but it hasn't hit me yet. Thanks for that honesty, because I think it's important to share that, that you don't always have to know what you're doing. You don't, you, I don't think you have to know what's next, but I think you sharing that is courageous and amazing because it's true. But Michelle, how can I know what's next? That's how can I predict the future and how can I know what's going to light me up? Because I'm constantly changing as a person and at the same time, the world is changing. So with those two changing variables, you cannot anticipate the future. But what it does mean is because the variables are changing or the ingredients are changing, it means 
there's a new recipe down the road. I just haven't figured out all the ingredients yet. And I think the one word again for me, that word maverick is flexibility. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about is that being able to be that chameleon and change and morph for whatever's around you. And again, yeah, change, it happens. And change lights me up. It's scary, but I, I think it's it's great and it's fair. Um, can we go back in time and talk about, because you have done so many bold things and bold moves, can we talk about a few of those things that you're proud of and maybe even take us through your journey as that bold leader that you're always... <laughs> Well, there's two big things, I guess. I could clump them together, like two huge chapters in my life that I'm most proud of. When I was younger, I was obsessed with the music business, and I still don't know how I do it. did it at the time. In fact, I was talking to my girlfriend last night, who I'm still friends with. She and I were very close back then and still are very close today. I had this tunnel vision and tenacity and fearlessness. And I just, I just ran towards the light. I don't even know how to describe it. Nobody could get in my way. Often when I do my keynotes, and I think you've seen this, Michelle, I have this photograph of this woman wearing a football helmet with football, what I call war paint and huge shoulder pads, like, you know, her whole football outfit on. And that is me. Every day I wake up and I just bash through obstacles. I don't let all the negativity that will inevitably come my way when I ask to do things. I get turned down all the time still, but I'm relentless if I can't find one way of doing it, like water, like being fluid, I find another path. And the fact that people turn me down, I don't look at it as I'm not good. I look at it as they don't get me yet, or they don't see what I see, or I'm not explaining myself well, or really, this is not the right fit for me yet. Always the word yet. So when I worked at uh, the music business, which eventually led me to the amazing job at Much Music, I was, again, thrown into a very challenging situation. I was working for a company who believed that every job was creative. They also didn't give anybody a safety net. So they gave me a job doing live TV for four hours every day with no script and no director. And it was live and it didn't really have any training. But I was passionate. I really wanted to communicate with the people on the other side of the camera. I loved the world of music. I was fascinated by those who made music. And so I just rose to the occasion. And guess what? I failed all the time. People laughed at me all the time. I got a lot of hate mail and I just had to brush it off like a football player. I just had to brush it off, get back up and say, 
you can hate me, but I got the job and keep on doing it. So I think that was for sure a huge success. What was interesting though, is I was a cog in a, in a really creative wheel. I wasn't the boss. I was what you would call an entrepreneur. I was someone who was an important player in a very important team. When I left, my life changed many years later. So probably six years later. Yeah, six years later when I became a mom and I had a very difficult time adjusting to motherhood. I didn't fit into the world of motherhood because I had my kids later and a lot of my friends never had kids. So I was really flailing as a mom. And so I came up with this TV show called Yummy Mummy, which I was able to sell to Life Network and Discovery Health, which was sold around the world. And it was really a rally call for modern moms, acknowledging the ups and downs uh, that we face as modern moms, different than our parents' generation. And when that show finished after two years, sadly, I said, well, I'm not done because I'm passionate, like I was about music, I'm passionate about motherhood and not raising kids, motherhood, which there is a distinction. I wanted to talk about the reality of being someone like you or someone like me, Michelle, who has a life that includes our kids, but is not only about our kids. So I started a little tiny website called yummymummyclub.ca. And I ran to the light again. I saw it. I wanted to build an inclusive community, bringing together women from around the, the country to talk about what it's really like to be a mom. And I freaking did it. I worked so hard. I was so lit up. And I turned it into the largest online community for moms in Canada. And then I, because I met so many talented women, I ended up launching what is now the engine that runs YMC, which is M&Co, which is a marketing agency, because so many brands were coming to me and saying, hey, can we give you a broom and you can write about it? And I was like, what's your budget? And they'd say, what? And I was like, oh yeah, dude, I built this community and now I'm going to monetize it. And an army of women will be able to stay home and make money by creating stories that includes brands for moms by moms. It really was weirdly a highlight, probably more of a highlight in my life than much music because with much music, I was given a platform and I was able to be a great storyteller and a very influential voice in Canadian culture, but it was YMC that I built myself from scratch. I was behind the scenes and I I think I changed motherhood in Canada and I jump-started so many women's careers and I, I created the space of influencers. I started that before there was such a thing as influencers. So I was a trailblazer. So I was a trailblazer at Much Music for women in media and a trailblazer for women in digital media um, with YMC. I can talk about um, being, or sorry, motherhood and being a, an entrepreneur for hours. Um, 
Can we just briefly talk about some of the challenges or triumphs of being that that duality and like how does that work and how does it work how did it work back then and how has it changed and what does it look like now what do you think i figured out the secret secrets to being a working mom first of all um i don't want to swear but like screw perfection <laughs> i was like i was i i was half ass everything and I was comfortable with it. My house wasn't always neat. I really wasn't the best mom. I love my kids the most, but I wasn't always there for them. I was sometimes there for me. Um, and I also really embraced the concept of delegation. So I found that when I first started YMC and I was talking a lot of to a lot of moms, they would micromanage their partners they wouldn't let their partners diaper the kids because maybe their husband or partner wouldn't diaper their child exactly the way that she would. And I was like, man, screw it. If the, if the baby poos all over your partner, he'll learn. So I, I was kind of hard on my partner in a way. And I was like, no, 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 you do it. I wanted him to be an equal partner and he embraced it to, to be very clear. It's, it's not like um, I had to push him, but I was comfortable when he did things that were in my mind wrong. They weren't my way, but I was just grateful that I was able to throw the ball over him. So I think those are the two things with motherhood that really holds us back, which is trying to be perfect and being uncomfortable delegating. And I do not live an Instagram perfect life. I think that that is horrifying. And I think it would stress out a lot of women. I fail all the time. And my kids are imperfect. And I look at the world of Instagram now and I often go, oh my God, I am so not like that. And then I go, wake up, wake up. You don't want to be that because that's not real. Those people, they are filming their house, but they have a corner of junk that we're not seeing or we're not hearing about all their anxiety trying to be perfect. So I'm much more chill and I just want to be myself and I'll just do the best I can. And I rarely use the word just because I think it's demeaning. But I think in this case, it's important because I just do what I can. And the other part that I can't do, I'm okay with. Doing your best. That's all you can. Not always. No. I, I, you know, you, you Sometimes you don't do your best. I mean, come on, Michelle. Like that's true too. The reality is sometimes, sometimes you're not at your best. There's that's sometimes true. that I snap at my kids and I always apologize to them after. That's, that's true. But uh, I'm often not at my best. I, I don't know how, how else to say it. And I, I give myself permission to be imperfect. And that way I'm not anxious because I know that I'm doing the best with what I have at the time. 
And I expect the same from the people around me. My, my friends make mistakes. My kids make mistakes. They're imperfect. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. You'll fix it. I think that's, again, great advice because I think we're so hard on ourselves. And I think the fact that you called me on it, I think that's amazing because it, it isn't. Every day, you're right. It can't always be an amazing day. No, that's for sure. <laughs> no. But, you know, when they are good, I revel in it. I'm so grateful for every good thing that happens. And when the bad shit happens, I'm like, that's okay. It's just a bad piece of shit that happens. And I know that it's a roller coaster ride. That's life. Mm -hmm. Get bad shit. Just get up. Just get up. And, you know, I sulk. And then it's like, oh, just going to go eat some ice cream. It'll be better tomorrow. What kind of ice cream? Pretty much any ice cream. But, <laughs> you know, if you're going to buy me ice cream, coffee ice cream, chocolate ice cream, those are the those are the ones that that light me up. Amazing. Um, this is an interesting question because it's been asked to me before. I'm just flipping it to you. Um, what's your definition of success? I think it's getting paid to do what you love. Amazing. And odd question, but again, connected to this legacy and what's written on your tombstone mm. she made the world a better place amazing that's awesome okay quickly i'm just gonna fire through sort of a lightning round of questions so here we go favorite book world I have so many. It's really hard. I have different books for different reasons. Um, Creativity was an amazing book for business. The Alchemist for personal goal um, seeking. Um, I, I mean, I'm often the best book that I've read is the last book that I read. So <clears throat> tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow fantastic fiction book and you'd love it Michelle because it's about uh, video games the creation of video games but really it's about the act of collaborative creativity hmm. and I love that book so much definitely gonna check it out okay amazing thanks three people you're taking with you to a desert island Well, that's so unfair because, <laughs> um, okay, I'm not gonna... your family, not your family. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, that's not Thanks. fair. Because that yeah. was, <laughs> yeah. So this is, now, is this because they're going to help me survive or because they're going to help me? Okay. Well, you choose your I own adventure. Then the number one person would have to be my girlfriend, Andrea Nyer, because she is, First of all, just filled with joy, but she's also like my boyfriend. She is super handy and she's really courageous and fierce. So I depend on her so much. Um, so I would I would say Andrea would definitely be there. Um, 
I don't even know. I have, see, it's, I know so many fantastic people. Um, I would bring my mom back from the grave and take her with me. But that's my family, but that's okay. okay. I'm, I'm making up the, new, the rules. Absolutely. And who makes me so happy? Um, there's a, okay, I'm going to say something kind of kooky, but my neighbor George at the cottage, who is 75, and he is um, one of the most generous people I know and um, very positive. So I would pick George, who coincidentally has the same name as my dad. So I'd actually take my dad, but since I can't take my family, I'll take the other George. <laughs> I don't follow <laughs> rules when you answer, ask questions. Sorry about that. But... No, I love it. I love it. I can't wait to see this island. Um, okay. Do you have an idol or idols? I don't know if I would call her an idol, but certainly a role model is Amber MacArthur, Amber Mack. Amazing. She is an extraordinary woman. Number one, she is a brilliant businesswoman. She is a fantastic mom. She's a really good partner because she delegates to her partner really well. And she speaks up. She really has a core of strong values. And she always supports women. And I just have the utmost respect for her. Beautiful. It's amazing. I don't know her, but hopefully one day I'll meet her. Sounds amazing. Uh, favorite food? Coffee. <laughs> Good. Lake or ocean? Oh, lake. <clears throat> lake. Since I bought my cottage four years ago, it's changed my life. And I'm so grateful to have that place. And I never understood the value of just sitting by the water and thinking and being. I totally get it. Um, chocolate or vanilla? I already know the answer. We'll skip that one. Chocolate. Okay. Um, <laughs> biggest fear? Not having enough money. It's a valid fear. Does balance exist? I, wait a second. I'm just going to go backwards. Okay. And I think it's a really important discussion when you're talking about being a maverick. Because I don't work for anybody. So I never have a guaranteed paycheck. Mm -hmm. My neighbor, George, has two freaking pensions. Mm. He teases me about it all the time. He worked for uh, Otis Elevators in two countries. So he has two of these pensions. I chose to work as an entrepreneur. I chose to build a business, add to the value in, in Canadian, the Canadian um, financial landscape and business by employing people and, you know, creating income, uh, supporting Canadian businesses. Um, I have, I've incurred the risk of running a business and in return, the government taxes me more and comes after me, um, all the time to check, to make sure that I paid 
every single one of my taxes, even though I do. And I feel like if someone from the government is listening, I really wish that there would be more support for small businesses from Mavericks who are really the heart and soul of the future of Canadian business. The fact that when I sold my business to Toys R Us um, a year and a half ago, I now have, I have nothing. I mean, sorry, I, I have, it's not that I have nothing, but you understand is I don't have any support from the government. I don't have a pension because I was self-employed. So it, yes, I sold my business, but you don't know how much I sold it for. And I gave up my main asset that creates income. So it's just, that's why money is a concern because I don't have a resume because I ran my own business. So how do you put that on a resume? What are the, what are the um, job descriptors that I can use for having taken a business from startup to an over million dollar industry? How do I describe that? So money is of is a curious thing for entrepreneurs it's it's not an easy um trudge through the financial landscape that's a good point i'm with you can we figure it out together maybe that's the next oh sh sure sure <laughs> but it's not see the thing is i mean we could lobby the government that would be the only thing but I'm not trusting the government these days. Oh. I'm not depending on the government. I feel like they're very self-serving. Last question. Do you have a motto in life? Favorite motto? A, a motto. Mm -hmm. Words to live by. Well, well, Michelle, there's always don't be afraid to ask, which is, I would say, the key to my success and yours. I know that. I know that you are, you reach out to people all the time. You are fantastic at it. And as an entrepreneur, uh, as a business owner, I think, and you're a great relationship builder and don't be afraid to ask is directly connected to building relationships. Because when you ask for something, even though someone may turn you down, which in my life, unfortunately happens all the time, I, I go back for a second round. And I know that if that person can at least respond to me, then I've started a relationship. And I think that is the, the secret to success and not just in business, but in life. It's like, I have a, an amazing relationship with all my neighbors at the cottage. I've become part of a really intertwined community. And it's because I walk up to people and say, hey, how's it going? Or what's your name? Or who are you? So I'm not afraid to ask. I put myself out there. And it really, I think, has been the cornerstone to every piece of joy and success that, um, that I experience on a daily basis. Amazing. But just noted, sometimes I am afraid to ask. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You, of course you are, but do you do it? 
or do you stop? Yeah, sometimes I stop. Because? Fear. Fear, the fear of rejection. But I I will say, whether it's maturity or this year, I feel like there's been a big epiphany in my life. Um, I'm not as afraid anymore. So I do, I do tend to just put myself out there. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm Erica frickin' M. Yes, you are. People call me a Canadian icon, and yet I get turned down every day. And I'm still okay. And I still ask, and I still put myself out there. So the next time you're afraid to ask, think about me and think if Erica gets turned down and Erica's kind of okay, kind of cool, She's a maverick. She is a maverick. (laughs) Then if I get turned down, it doesn't mean that I'm not good. It means that it's not the right opportunity at the right time. But ask anyway, because you never freaking know. Exactly. You never know. Think about those times where you go, oh my God, I almost didn't ask. Could you imagine all those things that you would have missed out on? Exactly. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for this conversation. I can't wait to see what's next. I will let you know. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure it's soon. Who knows? You know, regardless. Who knows? Regardless, I'm a super fan. You know that. So thanks again. Thank you, Michelle.